Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dear Heart Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Now, this episode is coming to you this week from the good old state of Iowa. I am visiting my parents this week. Very fun. Um, It's such a joy to have time with them, to spend time with them. You know, in adulthood comes less and less often. Um, But I know that wherever you are, wherever I am, we get to connect here, and I'm excited about that today. Now, this passage, this devotional is going to be very long today. I'm excited about what God has for us. So we are just going to jump right into the scriptures and let Fred take it away. John chapter 4 verses 1 through 42. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing but his disciples were, he left Judea and went to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him. For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket and the well is so deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, The water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, said the woman to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called the Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. 
Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples arrived, and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman, yet no one said, What do you want? or Why are you talking to her? Then the woman left her jar of water, went into town, and told the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, Jesus told them. Don't you say, There are still four months? Four more months and then comes the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields, because they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For in this case the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored, and you have benefited from their labor. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified, He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said. And they told the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior of the world. No matter where you live, there are certain social rules that you need to follow if you're going to be a part of the in crowd, the right crowd. You need to wear the right clothes, you need to know about the right topics, and you need to have the right friends. Israel was very similar. And the last people you wanted to be seen with were the Samaritans. In our passage today, Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman. But there's a long, long list of reasons why she was not the right type of person for Jesus or really any Jew to talk to. Let's flesh out the many ways this Samaritan woman doesn't fit the mold. First, she was a woman. Modern America has no issues with guys talking to girls, but back in ancient Israel, men did not talk to women that they didn't know. And you'd be more likely to see a cow jump over the moon than to see a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman. Also, Samaritans were looked down on as being only half Jewish. Moses wrote down God's decree in Deuteronomy 7.3, You shall not intermarry with other nations. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. And in 1 Kings 11.2, it says, The Lord has told the Israelites, You must not intermarry with the nations because they will turn your heart away to follow other gods. See, the Samaritans were a unique group of people with one common denominator. They were half Jewish or less. Their ancestors had defied God and married foreigners. 
This led many Samaritans to walk away from God and follow idols and other gods, just like God said they would. Those that still believed in God had adopted different customs and practices than the Jews. The Jews judged the Samaritans for their faithlessness, and they treated them with contempt. This woman was not only worshiping God incorrectly, but she was also living a sinful lifestyle. She was living with a man that she wasn't married to, and she'd had five husbands already. See, in the Jewish tradition, three husbands were the acceptable limit. Three husbands, that's it. And so she blew right through the rules and blew them right out of the water in order to do what she wanted. Her romantic life shocked even the other Samaritans. This passage says that she was going to get water at the sixth hour. They began telling time when the sun rose, and so it was about noon when she approached the well for water. No one drew water from the well at this time of day, and she knew that. She was avoiding them. It was also socially expected to draw water in groups with women helping one another, and this passage makes it painfully obvious how alone and rejected she was. And yet, despite all of that, Jesus walks up and begins a conversation with her. Can you see how kind he is? Can you see how radical and unprecedented his love is? Her neighbors saw the depth of her brokenness and told themselves, she's too far gone, she's in too deep. Move along, let her go. Jesus saw the depth of her brokenness, and he walked towards her. He walked towards her. Check out what verse 4 says. He had to travel through Samaria. See, most Jews would have walked around the entire region of Samaria rather than cross through, but not Jesus. Jesus deliberately crosses stereotypes. He crosses political aisles. He crosses political and religious borders. Jesus was compelled to seek her out. He wanted to offer her eternal life. Just like Jesus sees the depth of your brokenness, and yet he welcomes you into his arms. You see, just like the Samaritan woman, we each have a long, long, long list of reasons why Jesus should just keep us at arm's length. God knows the depth and breadth of our sins, and yet he chooses us. Dear heart, do you see how unendingly good he is? He pours out his love despite the barriers we try to create. Jesus came to make sinners his friends. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5.8. Dear heart, we rejoice in the great love of our God, that celebration That celebration transforms the way we see other people. Where we once saw a bully, we see someone to forgive. Where we once saw a homeless person, we see someone to embrace. And where we once saw an enemy, we see someone to love. Where we once saw a reason to stay away, build a barrier, turn our backs, we now see through Jesus' eyes and we are compelled to cross over and defy expectations. Today, let's allow the power of the gospel 
the power of God's love to transform our hearts and change the way that we view the right crowd, the in crowd. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the free gift of your mercy, your grace that you just pour over us. We don't deserve it. And I just want us to rest in this gratefulness. Father, we celebrate the freedom you've given us to step outside of everyone else's expectations and embrace the social outcasts and the rejects. Father, we confess the moments when we've enforced painful stigmas on those around us. Father, forgive us. Teach us a better way. And Father, give us strength to go against the current and live for Jesus. Amen. Now to close, I have a doozy of a challenge for you again. I'm going to challenge you to write down the name of one person or a group of people that you struggle to love. Someone you'd rather avoid. Someone you don't even want to be in the same room with, let alone have a conversation with. Begin praying for them and ask God to help you develop compassion for them. And when you're ready, consider ways that you can practically love them. Maybe that means sending them a text. Maybe it means changing the language you use to describe them. Maybe it will look like reaching out and getting together with them, just like Jesus met with the Samaritan woman. To God be the glory.